Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 16 of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter. I have now showed you the reasonableness of God's commands and the unreasonableness of wicked men's disobedience. If nothing will serve turn, but men will yet refuse to turn, we are next to consider it who it is long of if they be damned. And this brings me to the last doctrine, which is doctrine seven, that if, after all this, men will not turn, it is not long of God that they are condemned, but of themselves, even their own willfulness. They die because they will die, that is, because they will not turn. If you will go to hell, what remedy? God here acquits himself of your blood. It shall not lie on him if you be lost. A negligent minister may draw it upon him, and those that encourage you or hinder you not in sin may draw it upon them. But be sure of it, it shall not lie upon God. Saith the Lord concerning his unprofitable vineyard, Judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done to it? When he had planted it in a fruitful soil and fenced it and gathered out the stones and planted it with the choicest vines, what should he have done more to it? Isaiah 5, 1 through 4. He hath made you men and endued you with reason. He hath furnished you with external necessaries. All creatures are at your service. He hath given you a righteous, perfect law. When you had broke it and undone yourselves, he had pity on you and sent his son by a miracle of condescending mercy to die for you and be a sacrifice for your sins. And he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The Lord Jesus hath made you a deed of gift of himself and eternal life with him. On the condition you will but accept it and return. He hath, on this reasonable condition, offered you the free pardon of all your sins. He hath written this in his word and sealed it by his spirit and sent it you by his ministers. They have made the offer to you a hundred and a hundred times, and called you to accept it and turn to God. They have, in his name, entreated you, and reasoned the case with you, and answered all your frivolous objections. He hath long waited on you, and stayed your leisure, and suffered you to abuse him to his face. He hath mercifully sustained you in the midst of your sins. He hath compassed you about with all sorts of mercies. He hath also intermixed afflictions to mind you of your folly and call you to your wits, and his spirit hath been often striving with your hearts and saying there, Turn, sinner, turn to him that calleth thee. Whither art thou going? What art thou doing? Dost thou know what will be the end? How long wilt thou hate thy friends? And love thine enemies. When wilt thou let go all and turn 
and deliver up thyself to God and give thy Redeemer the possession of thy soul. When shall it once be? These pleadings have been used with thee, and when thou hast delayed, thou hast been urged to make haste, and God hath called to thee. Today, while it is called today, harden not your heart. Why not now, without any more delay? Life hath been set before you. The joys of heaven have been opened to you in the gospel. The certainty of them have been manifested. The certainty of the everlasting torments of the damned hath been declared to you. Unless you would have had a sight of heaven and hell, what could you desire more? Christ hath been, as it were, set forth crucified before your eyes. Galatians 3.1 you have been a hundred times told that you are but lost men till you come unto him. As oft as you have been told of the evil of sin and of the vanity of sin, the world, and all the pleasures and wealth it can afford, of the shortness and uncertainty of your lives and the endless duration of the joy or torment of the life to come, all this and more than this have you been told and told again even till you were weary of hearing it and till you could make the lighter of it because you had so often heard it like the smith's dog that is brought by custom to sleep under the noise of the hammers when the sparks do fly about his ears and though all this have not converted you yet you are alive and might have mercy to this day if you had but hearts to entertain it and now let reason itself be judged, whether it be long of God or you, if after all this you will be unconverted and be damned. If you die now, it is because you will die. What should be said more to you, or what course should be taken that is liker to prevail? Are you able to say and make it good, we would fain have been converted and become new creatures, but we could not. We would have changed our company and our thoughts and our discourse, but we could not. What could you not, if you would? What hindered you but the wickedness of your hearts? Who forced you to sin? Or who did hold you back from duty? Had you not the same teaching and time and liberty to be godly as your godly neighbors had? Why, then, could you not have been godly as well as they? Were the church doors shut against you? Or did you not keep away yourselves, or sit and sleep, or hear as if you did not hear? <clears throat> did God put in any exceptions against you in his word? When he invited sinners to return, and when he promised mercy to those that do return, did he say, I will pardon all that repent, except thee. Did he shut you out from the liberty of his holy worship? Did he forbid you to pray to him any more than others? You know he did not. God did not drive you away from him, but you forsook him and run away yourselves. And when he called you to him, you would not come. If God had accepted you out of the general promise and offer of mercy, or had said to you, Stand off, 
I will have nothing to do with such as you. Pray not to me, for I will not hear you. If you repent, never so much, and cry for mercy, never so much, I will not regard you. If God had left you nothing to trust to but desperation, then you had had a fair excuse. You might have said, to what end should I repent in turn when it will do no good? But this was not your case. You might have had Christ to be your Lord and Savior, your head and husband, as well as others, and you would not, because that ye felt not yourselves sick enough for the physicians, and because you could not spare your disease in your hearts. You said as those rebels, Luke 19.14, we will not have this man to reign over us. Christ would have gathered you under the wings of his salvation, and ye would not. Matthew twenty three twenty seven. What desires of your welfare did the Lord express in his holy word? With what compassion did he stand over you and say, Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and that they had walked in my way? Psalm eighty one thirteen. Oh, that there were such a heart in this people that they would fear me. And keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Deuteronomy 5.29 Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, and that they would consider their latter end. Deuteronomy 32.29 He would have been your God and done all for you that your souls could well desire. But you loved the world and your flesh above him, and therefore... You would not hearken to him, though you complimented with him and gave him high titles, yet when he came to the closing, you would have none of him. No marvel, then, if he gave you up to your own heart's lusts and you walked in your own counsels. Psalm 81, 11, and 12. He condescends to reason and pleads the case with you and asks you, What is there in me or my service that you should be so much against me? What harm have I done thee, sinner? Have I deserved this unkind dealing at thy hands? Many mercies have I showed thee, for which of them dost thou despise me? Is it I, or is it Satan that is thy enemy? Is it I, or is it thy carnal self that would undo thee? Is it a holy life, or a life of sin that thou hast caused to fly from? If thou be undone, Thou procurest this to thyself by forsaking me, the Lord, that would have saved thee. Jeremiah 2, 17. Doth not thine own wickedness correct thee, and thy sin reprove thee? Thou mayest see that it is an evil and bitter thing that thou hast forsaken me. Jeremiah two nineteen. What iniquity have ye found in me that you have followed after vanity and forsaken me? Jeremiah 2, 5 and 6. He calleth out, as it were, to the brutes to hear the controversy he hath against you. Hear, O ye mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. O my people, what have I done to thee, and wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me, for I brought thee out of Egypt, and redeemed thee, etc. Micah 2, 2 through 5. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. 
I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, and a seed of evil doers, etc. Isaiah 1, 2 through 4. Do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that bought thee, made thee, and established thee? Deuteronomy 32, 6. When he saw that you forsook him even for nothing, and turned away from your Lord and life to hunt after the chaff and feathers of the world, he told you of your folly and called you to a more profitable employment. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. This concludes episode 16 of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter.